Hello and welcome back to another episode of Yoga After Dark. Today I have my friend Morgan Lee with me and Morgan is uh, in California and uh, he's on his sailboat because uh, the guy lives part-time on a sailboat and I'm currently looking at him through my screen and the sun is shining and the sky is blue which is not what it is in New York City today so very happy for him not so happy for me. Um, but I'm really happy to uh, get to talk to him a little bit. He is a nurse and an acupuncturist and an Ashtanga yoga teacher. Um, so he's got a whole bunch of things under his belt. This should be pretty interesting. So welcome, Morgan. So nice to Hello. Hello. Um, so let's stop. The first thing I'm kind of wondering about is so so as far as I know about you, and I don't know tons about you, but you know, um, you're a nurse, you're an acupuncturist, and you're a yoga teacher. And well, I'm gonna correct. I'm in okay. school to be an acupuncturist right now. Um, so I'm in my final year, so I've got hopefully till December, and then I graduate. So almost an acupuncturist. Almost an acupuncturist. So you're yes. in the the clinic stage where you're correct. Yeah, you're I under supervision. I see patients, I treat patients, all under the supervision of a doctor of acupuncture right now. Wonderful, excellent. Yeah. So will you tell me of, of these three things, nursing, acupuncturing, if that's a verb. And, <laughs> yeah, that'll, and, that'll be the verb we're used. And, and we'll call it yoga-ing as well. Um, what, what was the order that these things kind of came into your life? And also, how do they, how do they go together? Great question. How do they all meld together? Um, okay, so backtrack. I originally was an EMT. I worked for a fire department um, and did the whole EMT training, and I wanted to go further and be able to do more. I felt limited as an EMT. I wasn't able to do like Doctors Without Borders or um, really get into a hospital and do work for patients other than picking them up on the side of the road, throwing them in the back of a car and driving them to the hospital. Um, not to downplay what an EMT does, they're incredibly vital. Um, and, and in fact, that's I'm, it gave me my love and my start for medicine. So I was doing that for quite a few years and then decided to go to nursing school. Um, I got accepted in Chicago and moved out there. Um, I found, uh, I got in contact with a friend of mine uh, from New York who was living in Chicago and she put me in touch with this other guy who was doing yoga and I was like, well, why not try this yoga stuff? And so I started uh, yoga about the same time as I entered nursing school, uh, doing all the prereqs for nursing school, like the anatomy and physiology classes, organic chem, uh, microbiology, all of those fun uh, prereq classes that you have to do for nursing school. I did that and started a yoga practice. Um, hmm. And then, 
where did this all go? So I graduated nursing school in 2011 and made a trip to Mysore that year. That was my graduation present to myself from nursing school. I um, I was living in this junky little apartment in Chicago, managed to pay back all of my student loans and pay for a trip for two months to get myself to Mysore. And that was my first trip. And I'm not sure, I think I met you on my second trip, maybe in 2012. Yeah, there. probably. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember you were living in Chicago in the time, cause I, at the time, because I remember looking you up later and seeing that you were in LA and I was like, what the hell is he doing in LA? <laughs> or no, I was, yeah. trying to send, I was trying to send a student of mine to you who was going to Chicago to study with you. So Got you. Up and you were like, well, I'm not there anymore. So <laughs> I, I just couldn't take the cold weather that you guys like shoulder. I don't know how you shoulder it. I'm, I'm from Miami. So like the, the sun, I need the sun. I need the heat, you know, and uh, being you. in Chicago, just, just, oh, it ate at my soul. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I moved from Chicago as a nurse and came out here to be a full-time yoga teacher in LA, which sounds so very LA of me right now that uh, <laughs> I almost cringe and should be eating a tub full of vegan ice cream for saying something like that. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I did that. Um, and while here, I was trying to decide whether or not I wanted to continue my nursing career um, and do like a master's degree in nursing which uh, would have been like a PNP or family nurse practitioner. But my heart wasn't in conventional medicine anymore. When I get sick, I don't go to the doctor. I don't get on antibiotics myself. It's kind of like my last resort of medicine. I would always go seek out an acupuncturist or seek out some herbal remedy for treatment of whatever it is that's ailing me. And I couldn't follow any logic further going into taking my nursing career further. So I sort of jumped ship and started acupuncture school after talking to a few of my students who are acupuncturists and just really impressed with their knowledge of medicine and their knowledge of health and well-being and that was the medicine that I it's it is the medicine that I want to give to patients and so I, I I'm still a nurse it's not a degree or certificate that I ever want to lose um, but being an acupuncturist on top of it gives me this huge ability to kind of amalgamate both, both medicines. So conventional medicine and traditional Chinese medicine, I get to put them both together. And that is a really long explanation to your question about like how they all fit together. I feel like the yoga is the physical branch of medicine. Um, if we were 
saying yoga is just the asana. So if the asana is the physical branch of medicine, then the herbal medicine um, is like the Ayurvedic style of medicine, like the complement of it. Um, and then the needlework, the acupuncture is sort of like a like jump starting your car. It kind of just like gets the motor going. The herbs and the and the physical yoga practice are what keep your engine moving. So they're like the fuel inside your engine. Cool. Very cool. That's a that's yeah. a great explanation. And and we don't we don't mind long explanations at all because that means that means less work for me, you know. That means I have to talk less. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so that's really great. I I did notice on your on your Instagram that there's a little uh, blurb about you offer um, uh, PT and some other stuff uh, uh, privately, and um, <clears throat> is that um, kind of how you synthesize the the yoga practice that you teach with the with the other medical knowledge that you have yeah i i see a few patients that are recovering from different things uh one of my clients um had a stroke and so has hemiplegia where uh the right side of uh her body has limited range of motion. And so I've worked with her over the course of a few years, developing the Ashtanga sequence and keeping the idea of the structure of the sequence, but modifying it to her abilities and what she's able to do. And so, you know, in her case, we use a lot of props because it's, when you're unable to lift one arm above your head, that means that you're not able to do any chaturangas or any of the normal movements that we think of. And so we use a strap to help hold her hand down to her foot. And we use uh, a shoulder, like a shoulder bench so that she can go inverted and do shoulder stand and headstand that way. Uh, we use a chair so that she can use that to help her back bends. And yeah, we've modified the entire practice uh, that way. So that's, that's taking the yoga and making it like a physical therapy and adapting it to the individual. Um, yeah, I have other patients that, you know, like have emotional things such as like PTSD. And so we've adapted the practice to more of a sitting practice and more of a energetic building practice. Um, those are just two examples of how I've taken, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, could go further, but I, I think those two are really prime examples of one is adapting the practice to make it more of what we can do physically and the other one is more of how we can use the practice to center ourselves more emotionally. That's, that's so wonderful. And I, I love um, that you're out there actually adapting uh, this practice to the individual. I think that um, sometimes in our, in our Ashtanga world, we, we do get the criticism that since we're using the, you know, the same sequence of postures for everyone that uh, that we don't adapt but uh 
which has always boggled my mind because I was taught like from the, from the very get go, <laughs> I was taught like this has to be adapted to the individual. That's, that's just how I learned. And I mean, when I was learning, I was in my early twenties and I had lots of energy and I was super healthy. So I had to do all the postures classically and there was no question about it. You're but not that in was your twenties anymore? <laughs> no, I'm not so in my twenties anymore. You so young, Michael. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We could talk about that all yoga. day. <laughs> <laughs> the yoga keeps you young. <laughs> the yoga's working right there. Um, but I, But I love that, you know, that, I'm not, I'm not the only one out there that, you know, thinks that this practice just has to be adapted to each person. It's completely necessary. I mean, I used to teach, um, with my teacher, I used to teach uh, quadriplegics, paraplegics, people with Lou Gehrig's, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. stuff like this. And it, uh, it, it's absolutely necessary to, to look at the system as something that uh, we, we mold uh, for someone. Um, instead of them having to mold themselves into the system. Um, now, uh, that kind of takes me uh, on a little journey to uh, your book, which I actually have sitting uh, right next to me, which is, uh, it's, this, it's this little book called Why Yoga Works, The Science Behind Yoga. And I believe it is available uh, through the High Speed Online for order if anybody wants to order it at home. Um, and I read yeah, it's on Amazon and uh, just if you can't afford the book, just email me and I'll send you a PDF copy of it. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. So good to know. Um, if you're in, if you're in financial hard times, just email Morgan and you can have something to read. And it's a pretty fun little book. I quite like it. And I remember when you were, um, kind of uh, putting little chunks of it out onto the, out onto the interwebs. And I would read oh, these, yeah. little, these little chunks of what was eventually going to be called, uh, become this little book, um, which I always thought was super interesting. So it's, it's called, um, you know, Why Yoga Works. So instead of me sitting here and reading the whole book to everybody, I, I just want to know from you in a nutshell, why does yoga work? Because yoga is more than just asana. Yoga works because we put in the work. You know, it's a tool for us. Yeah, yeah, very good. Okay, awesome. That's pretty simple. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the simplest. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that wasn't a long enough answer for you to take a full drink of coffee right there. <laughs> oh, I'm actually drinking chai, you know? I haven't, ah, I haven't ah. had coffee in two weeks. What? I, for, for not any real particular reason, I just stopped. And uh, so, yeah, I'm drinking some chai. I, um, I went the opposite direction. I started oh, yeah. drinking coffee. Like, well, good for you. I, think it's I love the taste thing. of it. And I was like, oh, I can enjoy this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love it. <laughs> just having yeah. coffee. I'll get I'll I'll get back on the sauce. Don't worry. You know. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not worried. <laughs> now I remember um, when you were in the process of compiling this book, there was one uh, post you put up that that really fascinated me because you were about to go in to discussing the uh, female cycle. 
and oh, yeah. it seemed like you had a little bit of trepidation about you being male and and wishing to to write about the female cycle even though you have uh, a lot of very credible information on the topic um and i know a bunch of uh women wrote to you at least they like wrote out on the post publicly i don't know if any of them wrote mm -hmm. even more wrote privately saying oh, yeah? that i needed to do this yeah so what was yeah. uh what was uh their take on that and how did that how did that influence how you wrote about it man um yeah i was really trepidatious about writing anything about the female reproductive system um my first trepidation and first reservation of the whole thing was um the last thing a woman needs is a guy telling her about her anatomy and what's <laughs> yeah. going on there. um and you know i have so much respect for them and everything that that they go through each month that it's like of course they know more about their anatomy than I would ever know and like I was a pediatric nurse um, still a pediatric still a nurse but was in pediatrics for over 10 years and you know while all that's great knowledge about having a kid that still isn't the same knowledge as being a parent and you know, so that's, that was my reservation. Like I could, you know, I have this information, but it's different when you are in that body. Um, and so, yeah, I went in with great caution into it, um, into that particular aspect of it. Um, women were really, women were and are really supportive of that whole chapter in fact um i got really just great reviews from people saying how much they love the information in there um i took that entire chapter and um before publishing it before writing anything with uh like putting anything online with it I took it to my gynecology professor in acupuncture school and shared it with her and got her feedback on all of it. Cause it's a lot, that chapter in particular deals a lot more with the energetic side of yoga and more of the uh, channel theory of acupuncture and how the two connect. And so to put those two pieces together, I, really wanted to check in with my gynecology professor and see where you know like what her take on it was and yeah she thought it was a brilliant paper um just you know well researched and really just like that section in its own was i mean could be you know a great final for gynecology in acupuncture oh great nice. so yeah um it, it there, that chapter, the amount of research that went into that information and making sure that it was solid information was um, was more time consuming than all of the other chapters before that because that was all just like knowledge that I I could regurgitate you know um, in my sleep but trying to make this a cohesive part was really um was really important to get it 
together. And then, um, you know, like I quoted, uh, well, I quoted an OBGYN who practices Ashtanga um, in Ireland. Uh, you may follow her on Instagram, uh, Ashtanga Ali. I think uh, A-L-I. Um, she's amazing yoga teacher or amazing yogi, uh, but she's also an OB and uh, she works full time in a hospital over in Ireland and just um, hats off to her. She was, she was really helpful in uh, passing back and forth different ideas as far as uh, the um, female cycle and what she sees on a daily basis as far as being an OB. Uh, I talked with Angela Jameson, uh, a certified teacher Angela, out in Ann Arbor. You know, Angela, she's wonderful. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, we had many uh, breakfasts together in my store where we were just talking about female mm. cycles and her students and how she's had to adapt the practice for those students uh, when they're like going through certain things as far as pregnancy and trying to get pregnant. And so she was a great wealth of information there. Um, so yeah, those two, I quoted a couple times in that book. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> cool. So then yeah. let me ask you, <clears throat> me as a, as a man who's primary teacher for most of his practicing years uh, has, has been a woman <clears throat> and uh, you also as a man, uh, who has uh, done all this research? What is uh, what is your opinion on practicing during during a woman's cycle? <laughs> Ouch, man! Let's get oh, it out uh, there. <laughs> Honestly, um, that that goes back to my reservation of having a guy tell a woman what to do mm -hmm. during with with her own body. Um, and from a physical standpoint, um, it's, it's not, there's, there's two different schools of thought. So there's a school of thought where any inversion will cause a backflow of uh, blood back to the uterus. And so avoiding inversions is one school of thought. So you can do your full practice, but just avoid the inversions. Um, that said, uh, in fact, you know, the practice actually, if you take it a little bit more mindfully and your energy starts to change during the last week, uh, right before the cycle. And so you can change your practice uh, to adapt it that week before you go into having your menses. Um, and then if you wanted to practice during that cycle, you know, again, it's, it's the yogi's choice. Um, if she wants to, cool. If she doesn't want to, that's fine too. Um, the inversion theory is more of a traditional Chinese medicine idea of not going upside down. Um, but then again, because most scientists are male and <laughs> there's not really enough qualitative evidence to mm -hmm. support a theory that one way or the other is better, um, scientifically, we can't say with any evidence which, which one is better. 
or what you know what is more advisable because science hasn't studied that enough yet to give qualitative evidence to support any sort of advice on what to do so chinese medicine is based upon you know 5000 years of of research but you know not science based where it's using um rulers and measurements that way it's just you know based upon this is what happens in life and so chinese medicine theory is stating don't do an inversion during this time because you don't want the blood to flow backwards. Um, conventional medicine is saying, we don't have any evidence to support this, <laughs> so you can do an inversion. Um, we haven't and, gotten into it, and we're probably not going to go into it anytime soon, so do what you want. Is that kind exactly. of Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, um, so for that answer, yeah, it's, it's really the yogi's choice. Um, whichever path that they want to follow, as a teacher, I support their choice whichever way that they're doing it. Um, I, I feel like it's important for a woman to have her cycle and to honor that versus um, trying to run her body so that she doesn't have a cycle. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's a beautiful thing and I feel like they have so much to teach us as men about appreciating a cycle and appreciating this natural thing that happens i mean we follow the moon because you know it's something that we can physically see because as guys we're not attached or we're not in tune with those emotions versus a woman it's inside of her body and it's you know the progesterone and estrogen levels are changing and they're changing hormones because of that um and mood swings and emotions and so a woman is in tune with it from the inside versus a guy we have to look outside to be in tune <laughs> inside so you know i mean there, there's so much more advanced like than we ever like are at a disadvantage morgan <laughs> I, I i couldn't agree more man <laughs> yeah i you know i've found with my with my uh, students that those that have that have elected to to take the days of their cycle off, that um, that some of them find it a, a struggle in the beginning, and then once they get used to the the kind of um, regularity of taking that time off every month, that um, and this is me, you know, from the outside looking in, obviously, but they seem to very much appreciate that time and taking mm -hmm. that time to to chill out from the from the very physical practice that we do um <clears throat> which which brings me uh leads me to my next little qu uh, question for you or maybe just comment um when we were talking a little while ago uh, or last time i saw you um when i was when i was down in santa monica um and we went out uh we were talking about rest in in the practice and and how important it is and I was sharing with you how you know one one year uh, in Mysore, I was I was asking Sharat about resting, 
And he told me that I needed to go rest for an hour after my practice. And then, you know, he quickly added, and, and don't do it in the shala. You go home and rest. <laughs> he didn't want me yeah. there, like, sleeping in the bathroom. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> There's no space for that there. Yeah, there's or, no space I guess there's that. space now, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I, you know, the way I was taught is that you should take at least 15 minutes uh, at, the, at the end of practice to just, to just lie there. And, and let everything go. And so um, I was wondering kind of what your opinion of like timing is as far as rest goes and uh, how, how that plays into the practice and, and what its role is in, in our practice. Yeah, rest is crazy important. Um, and I, really that talk that we had in Santa Monica where you shared that he said to rest for an hour kind of it really did change my entire outlook of the practice because up until really, I guess that point I had been, I've always taken the closing postures really slow and just used them as a way to pull myself back into center. Um, and I shared with you that time that we were talking that when I would do triage nursing, where I had to kind of, weed out who gets seen at what time. Um, I, I couldn't do any advanced practice. I had to only stick to primary series because otherwise my nerves were just so shot and I wasn't making wise decisions as a nurse that, and it affected how I was. And so, um, that idea of being able to rest for a full hour and honoring yourself with that rest for a full hour. Uh, I, I mean, I gotta say, I've, I felt guilty, you know, for <laughs> taking that much time, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, who, who has a full hour to attribute to themselves to just rest after giving themselves, you know, a two hour practice. Like that's, uh, who has these three hours plus like, you know, the 30 minute meditation before practice. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, are we waking up at two o'clock in the morning to, you know, get this like full practice on? Um, but it did change how I approached things. There were, uh, there's been a lot more days now where I will maybe make it through the standing series and then I will rest for 45 minutes, you know, after six postures. I'm like, oh, that was a full practice. Okay. Now we rest for 45 minutes. <laughs> and, you know, that's uh, just been kind of a luxury actually, you know, and it's, it's been kind of interesting too. So my students will walk into the shala because uh, I teach, I open up the studio and practice there before, um, before teaching. And so, thing. you know, I get there and practice and sometimes they walk in and I'm just asleep, you know, and it's like <laughs> six o'clock in the morning and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, did you sleep here? <laughs> but yeah, so you practice before teaching too, right? Yeah, yeah. Which what time do you wake you? up? Um, I wake up at uh, between 3, 3.15. Okay, yeah. And so then I start my practice after shower and I, I take the subway to the to the studio. So I start my practice somewhere between 4.30 and 4.45. Uh, 
um, and okay. then go from there. Start teaching at six thirty. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> you know it, it's interesting because I have some students that come early. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of them come quite early. And uh, so sometimes, you know, there is a, there is like a weird, um, like, sometimes I feel like I'm the teacher. So I should, uh, I should be like the really impressive, like, you know, super asana person that's there, like doing all the like really hard stuff. And then, you know, there are people that come in early. And if I'm having one of those days or weeks where I am just I am doing a smaller practice and I am then going to like lie down and be there for half an hour or 45 minutes. And that is what I'm going to do because my life is hard um, <laughs> for whatever reason. You know, sometimes I get a, I get a, I feel a little bit of embarrassment creeping in because I'm like, I'm, I should be like really telling the line. But then you, you reflect on that and you're like, well, I mean, that's just all silliness because this this practice is is to support my life and my life is not to support the practice right you gotta gotta look at it with a, a bit of sensibility <laughs> i think true yeah and you gotta look at who's who's the one that's feeling pressured to perform is it you or is it this ego of you know yeah. this practice of of being a teacher you know and that's that's then who really is the teacher? Is the student your teacher at that point? Because this is this ego that's saying, you know, I've got to do this amazing practice. I've got students coming in. And Definitely. It's a yeah. good things to, uh, to think about, good things to reflect upon. You know, it's a good, good swadhyaya practice, I think, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, that's kind of what I wanted to get through with you cool. um, yeah and then I have I have four questions to like wrap this thing up Ooh, um, okay and um you don't know what they are uh so it's very exciting and <laughs> fireworks <laughs> so, jazz hands yeah so the first one um very simply uh is there anything you would like to ask me how did you find this whole Mysore practice? <laughs> I uh, found Mysore practice, I think like I found many things in my life in the wrong way. I, uh, I was at a studio because I was actually enrolled in the teacher training in the studio. Cause like I was doing, at the time I was doing a lot of Bikram and Vinyasa and uh, like power yoga stuff. And I wanted to become a yoga teacher um you know i was in my early early 20s and um <clears throat> and i went uh this particular studio if you paid in full in advance of your teacher training you got free yoga from the day you paid until the end of your teacher training and so i paid in full like three months in advance so i would just have three months of free yoga and then the teacher training time on top of it <laughs> Um, and I was talking to the person behind the front desk one day and I was asking her like what was going on in the the Mysore room because they had three different rooms um, and one was dedicated fully to Ashtanga. Ashtanga was the only thing that was taught in there and she told me that um, well that's Ashtanga and it's like this kind of like flowy practice and then she went on to say it's really it's really like pretty 
pretty easy because like you know you have this like set of standing postures and sun salutations that kind of gets you gets you revved up but then the rest of it's on the floor so you can kind of just chill out so i was like okay i'll like try that one day and so then i went and i read about it and no one told me that you could just start mysore without knowing anything so I went to four lead classes in one week, two half primaries up to Navasana and two full primaries. And then I spent a day memorizing the whole primary series. Wow. And then the next week I started Mysore and I came in and as someone the teacher had never met, she came up to me and said, oh, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. What's your name? DLD, what are you gonna do today? And I said, well, I'm gonna do the primary series obviously and she looked at me and she was like okay <laughs> okay go ahead and then I did I did the whole primary series which I memorized <laughs> and she like came over every once in a while and kind of giggled at me and like walked away and then at the end she came back and she said you know what good for you you can keep doing that go ahead this oh, is gonna nice. be good <laughs> and that's and that's how I started things <laughs> So totally totally the wrong way but that's that's how it is <laughs> i i think a lot of people start that way too yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm still going so you know <laughs> so uh second question um what is the best thing about how our society practices yoga today best thing is that there's so many different types of yoga out there. There's uh, yoga with a glass of wine, yoga with a goat, yoga with ganja, you know, or yoga um, at an after party after dark. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's so many different types of yoga practices out there these days that... Um, the more people that find this this movement and this connection to their breath, the better. And I think that's the best thing about, you know, and, and shame on you for calling it our yoga. It's, it's not like our yoga, you know, it's just <laughs> the, the yoga in general. I think it's, I think one of the biggest plus is that there is so many varied forms of it and, that the main point of all of these different forms are to put out these distractions that are in our lives and focus us back to the center, focus us back to our breathing. So I think that's the biggest plus of any yoga out there today. Nice, great. Um, so on the flip side of that, since uh, everything is a double-edged sword, uh, mm. What is most lacking about the way we practice yoga today? Oh, this could be a whole podcast on its own. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord, what is most lacking? Um, I don't know. I, there's, there's a lot and I kind of want to give you like, you know, a, uh, a really decent answer for this, but I feel like, um, 
separation or this thinking that one yoga is different from another yoga because it has a different name um, and that it separates us from each other. I, I feel like all of the yoga is together. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the biggest, uh, the biggest downfall is that we separate it or that we think it's different. Sorry, we're uh, on the boat and every time the water goes on, we have the water pump. I'll go back outside. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. And so now we for get another question. Yes. Fourth and final question. All right. What do you think the yoga scape will look like in 10, 20, or 30 years? Who? What do I think or what do I hope? Um, you can do both or either. Um, I'm going to go with the hope. I, I hope the yoga scape is going to be more of that cohesive structure. Um, where we do see each other as equals in whatever form of yoga that you're practicing and not one being better or more valid as yoga. Um, I would love to see it all kind of coming together and recognizing the fact that uh, running is a form of yoga because it connects the person to their breath and puts them right in that moment. Uh, the fact that surfing is yoga where you have to be present because you're on the board and you could fall and, you know, then you're no longer in that moment. Um, Qigong and Tai Chi, all of these other forms of movement, they are all yoga in a sense where it does draw you back to yourself and puts you back in touch with your breath and i'd love to see that union versus this separation of thinking that you know oh you're a runner you don't do yoga or you're you're a gymnast you know that's that's not yoga that's silly circus movements it's uh it's too separating mm -hmm. Great. Wonderful. Very cool. So Thanks, less man. separation, more, more coming together. More unity. More unity. What's that <laughs> SWV song? U-N-I-T-Y. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something I'm going to have to look oh, up because I, yeah. I don't think I've experienced this particular song. <laughs> oh, is it SWV? Oh my gosh, I'm pulling out the 90s right now. <laughs> Lord. Uh, well, we're we're both creatures of the nineties. So that's, that's totally yeah, fine. we are. Let's oh, yeah, I'll have to back. send you that link later. <laughs> Please do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for for joining. Yeah, brother. Me. Absolute pleasure to have you. And uh, this hopefully, was awesome. you know, hopefully, I'll get to actually see you in the flesh at some point in the future. Um, yeah, you you come out here. Um, yeah, we'll go for a sail. You know. Definitely. It's, it's Definitely. too pretty. I mean, there's a guy out on a rowboat right now in the middle of the marina. Well, there you go. It's kind of lovely. Yeah. I hope he's doing the yoga. He's, he's doing the yoga, you know. <laughs> he's, he, he's focusing on his breath and his movement. There you go. Awesome. Thank you so <laughs> yeah, much, <brother>. Morgan. <laughs> Thanks.